Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Behind the Steel Curtain co-editor Dave Schofield coming at you. It's Thursday morning. It's Stat Geek time. Boy, we have some numbers and stuff to talk about today. Uh, got a couple questions from users, uh, one of which is not really a numbers question, but I'm going to do it anyway in the second half because, yeah, we might get a lot of numbers in the first half here because uh, we have some things to talk about. I didn't want to necessarily... Um, beat the dead horse or whatever you want to say with uh, Ben Roethlisberger and his new contract. But I was asked a question about it. So that's what we're going to get to eventually, eventually, because we've got lots of some numbers to talk about of just some things that happened on Wednesday. Now this, this is actually being recorded Wednesday night. So there's even more stuff that could have even happened on Wednesday from the time this was recorded, but uh, it was a big day. It was a big day. First things first. The NFL informed teams of the salary cap number. It ends up coming in at $182.5 million. That is down almost $16 million from what it was in 2020 when it was $198.2 million. And this is the first time ever in the history of the NFL since the salary cap was implemented in 1994, I do believe, that the number has gone down. And that is now the number that teams must operate around 
come next Wednesday at 4 p.m. at the start of the of the NFL league year for 2021. Now, I know I've talked about this a lot because there's still some people out there saying, oh, that's when free agency starts. No, free agency starts two days sooner in what's called the legal tampering period. That's when uh, players can negotiate deals with any team they wish that are unrestricted free agents, of course. Uh, they can they can work out those deals. They could even sign those deals, but they cannot be officially processed by the NFL until 4 o'clock on Wednesday at the start of the new league year. But you can get everything all set up. So uh, if you think, oh, you know what, I'm just going to check out of the NFL until, until Wednesday around 4 o'clock, you're going to miss all the best action because when things are going to start is on Monday, when that legal tampering period starts off. Uh, I'm trying to remember if it's at 4 p.m. or if it's at noon. Uh, I know last year, I'm pretty sure it was at noon, but I'm, I can't recall the exact time of day that it's going to start uh, on Monday. So buckle up. There's going to be a lot going on with that. And so you're saying, okay, so the salary cap comes in. How do the Steelers look? Well, actually, right now, they're a little bit under the cap. They're at least, oh, $5 million or so under this cap of 182.5 as of right now. They could, it's even going to be a little bit more than that. It could be over $6 million because it was reported that Derek Watt restructured his contract. That saves about, I think it was like $880,000 off the salary cap. Um, which is interesting because some people are like, why didn't they just cut them? Well, when you talk about roster miss, you know, replacement, you're talking of <laughs> it's only an extra $100,000 that they <laughs> would have saved otherwise. So uh, it really did make sense to just keep Derek Walk core special teams guy. People just look at him from the fullback perspective and they're like, oh, man, what are we doing? You know, Steelers aren't using the fullback enough. Why do they even bother? Because guess what? Derek Watt is a key special teams player. And you can't say that special teams guys don't matter when uh, Tyler Medikavich signs a deal for two years over $7 million with Buffalo last year just to be a special teams guy. So, I mean, he's still depth at linebacker, but that's what you're going to pay for those key special special teams guys. It's just kind of how it's going to work. So, with that, the Steelers are, are under there. I'm going to be having an article out sometime at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, probably even on Thursday, probably today, that it's going to be out outlining, all right, so here's where the Steelers stand with the cap, but is this good enough? Because there's other things coming. The Steelers are going to have to sign their draft class, um, and we'll talk about that in just a second because that changed a little bit. Um, they're going to have to eventually, come September, pay for those, that that 52nd and 53rd guy on the roster. They're also going to have to sign a practice squad. They're also going to need to carry some money into the season in order to do some business in case of injuries or things like that. But you know what? Those are all numbers that don't matter come March 17th at 4 o'clock. Those numbers matter Later, the Steelers just have to make sure they're under the cap and operate by signing people and everything else by staying under that cap. Now, they can do other things with in the future. For example, I've said many times you're looking at a restructure, most likely, of Stefan Tuitt, but it's probably not happening yet because his current contract is under the old CBA. And because it's under the old CBA, what that means is that he... um his contract doesn't have stipulations in for how um, 
uh, if the NFL adds a 17th game and how he's compensated for that. And he'd actually be set to lose money if they did the restructure now. Um, so the Steelers would have to adjust that a little bit. And they don't know if they're adjusting that because they don't know the NFL hasn't announced a definite 17th game. And that could be what holds that up. But that could also be used to make sure you have that money later. So um that's what, you know, to help pay for those things that you're going to need come September. So there's other options. I mean, last year, uh, I think it was David DeCastro did his restructure. It was one that was, I think, during training camp. It was like the last one done, or it was later in the summer, um, if it wasn't all the way to training camp. And that has allowed the Steelers to have that operating room there. So there's a lot of things that they can do with the salary cap, but we at least know the number now of $182.5 million. Then, of course, you're getting a flurry of moves around the NFL. Lots of players being released, things of that nature. The Steelers are signing some of their free agents. So far, they've only signed their exclusive rights and possibly restricted free agents like Ray Ray McLeod, like Marcus Allen, um, some of those players. What the Steelers are going to do with their other free agents still remains to be seen. The Steelers did not use the franchise tag on anyone, as expected. So, but the other news that came about on Wednesday was also because I said we'd get back to the Steelers draft a little bit. They announced the compensatory picks for the 2021 draft, and it was projected that the Steelers were going to get two out of the possible three that they would have been eligible for. But the third one appeared that it was not in the top 32. It was just out of that because they only award 32 of them. There aren't any seventh round comp picks. Comp picks this year because they ran out. The NFL ran out of the number of picks before they got to the seventh round. Uh, the Steelers would have had another sixth round. I mean, possibly two sixth rounders. And apparently they never got to either one of them. I raised the question of did the Sean Davis departure, because you know he went to Washington, got cut at the end of training camp, came back to Pittsburgh. Did that ultimately not count as a loss for the Steelers? Um, with the new CBA where they laid out some stuff and they changed the dates from how it worked the year before, if you remember, because the Eagles cut LJ Fort, the Steelers ended up having to release Dante Moncrief in order to still get their third round comp for Le'Veon Bell. It was kind of a mess. And to keep from doing that, the NFL did not say that there was a date like that in there. So that was one thing. The, another reason that the Steelers might have missed out on that other comp pick was because you get extra points in your standing, not just, it's not just based on your salary. It's also based on your NFL playing time and it's, and it's not special teams playing time. It's offensive playing time, defensive playing time, unless you're a kicker, then there's a different, um, formula for kickers. But the problem was th these players that the Steelers had lost didn't play. They didn't play in 2020 significantly. For example, Sean Davis, he played zero snaps in Washington, if that's where it counts, if he even counted. Then you have somebody like BJ Finney who did not play a single offensive snap. And in order for this to even kick in, you have to play at least 25% of the snaps. He didn't play enough snaps. Tyler Medikavich didn't play enough snaps on defense. So that kind of hurt their value a little bit. So that's kind of how that works. So the Steelers got one more draft pick and if I have a calculated correct, I've seen conflicting reports, but I am fairly certain that it, the Steelers have um, eight draft picks 
this year, because although they don't have all their own draft picks, they, they have three different places where they supposedly swapped draft picks this season. They, um, in various trades, the Steelers gave up their fifth and picked up a seventh from Baltimore when they got Chris Wormley. The Steelers gave up their sixth and got a seventh at finishing out the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. The Steelers also gained a sixth and lost their seventh when they traded Gerald um, Hawkins a couple years ago, who ironically was back with the Steelers again. So they made that trade of swapping a sixth for a seventh uh, two years ago, and now now it's it's coming back. So the way I have it, that the Steelers have first, second, third, fourth, uh, the compensatory fourth round pick that they got, no fifth round pick, six, seven, seven. That's how I have it calculated right now. We'll see if that's really how it all comes down. Uh, with all of that. But let's get into the, the title of the show here. Now that I've run down a bunch of, I mean, I told you there's going to be a lot of numbers, ran down a bunch of numbers already before we get into Ben Roethlisberger's contract. And the whole reason we're getting into Ben Roethlisberger's contract is because I was asked a question about this. I was asked this by, um, uh, I know I'm going to, uh, Juan, I know I'm going to mess up Juan's name. I think it's Juan, Juan Quintana is is where I got the email from. And he was saying that, he hoped that we would write on the website or talk about more about um, Ben Roethlisberger's cap savings because he still doesn't quite understand how it all worked out. So since he asked the question, I'm going to answer it. I know a lot of you might have understood this anyway, but I'm going to bring this up. So to run through these numbers, and like I say, if your head feels like you're going to explode, that, explode after it's all said and done, don't worry. The The second part of the show um, is going to be something not as not as number-oriented, shockingly, for StatGeek. But Ben Roethlisberger, before this new contract, he was supposed to have a $22.25 million dead money hit, which there was nothing that the Steelers could do about that. Nothing. Okay? He was supposed to have a $4 million base salary and a $15 million signing bonus. So he was going to be paid $19 million. Then he was going to have the $22.25 million dead money cap hit. That's not money that he, he was already paid that years ago. So it's not money that had to go out to him. The only money that was coming to him this year was the $19 million. And a lot of times that's a problem that we have as fans is we look at a player's cap number and we think that's the money they're earning this year. And that's not true. That's not the way it works because the that's because the players of a lot of it they'd already been paid the money and that's why you get that first year where it's a lower cap hit where they actually got paid a lot of money because their signing bonus gets spread out which is what we're going to talk about here. So Ben Roethlisberger only had one year left on his contract it was for 2021 and that was what was left. So he would need either an extension or a whole new contract. So the way they looked at it is that this is a, that this was a new contract for him. And the way it was laid out was right off the bat, the $22.25 million um, salary cap dead money hit that's going towards this year's salary cap, no matter what it was going to be there. It's still there. So the question is how much did his cap number go up above that because it was supposed to be 41 and a quarter million, but they cut off more than $15 million of that. And the way they did it was, was like this. They gave Ben Roethlisberger the, the league minimum salary um, for 2021, which is $1,750,000. So that's 1.075 million. So that's what he got. 
Ben Roethlisberger took $5 million less money than what he would have been paid if he just played out the last year of his deal. So he would have been paid $19 million. Instead, he's being paid $14 million because he's getting paid that $1.075 million base salary and then the remaining $12.925 million he was given as a signing bonus. Now, like any time a player is given a signing bonus, that signing bonus gets split up and spread out into each year for the remainder of the contract for up to five years. You got to remember that up to five years, because if you, if you draw, if you sign a seven-year contract, your signing bonus only goes through those first five, those last two years that the, the dead money's used up by then. So what the Steelers did is they did something they'd never done before. They used void years, which the only difference between a void year of a contract and a regular year of a contract is the base salary. In a void year, there is no base salary given to the player. And because there's no base salary, that means they are not under contract. So you're saying, well, then what's the use of these void years? What it does is when you add these void years, it's, it spreads out that salary cap hit. If the Steelers would have added one void year, that 29, not 29, $12.925 million signing bonus would have been split up over two seasons, half of it in 2021, half of it in 2022. That's if they added one void year. By adding two void years, because remember, he already had he already has 2021. He has a base salary for this year. So one void year beyond that is two years on the contract. So they had, if they had a second void year, that means you're talking three years on the contract. So you're taking that 12.925 million and dividing it by three. Okay, well, that makes it a little bit lower number. Well, what if you divide it by four by adding another void year? Oh, that's really nice. Well, what the Steelers ultimately did was they gave him four void years, four void years, which means the number that the 12.95 was divided, or sorry, 12.925 was divided by was five, which means out of that money, $2.585 million are counting each year for 2021, 2022, 2023, 2024, 2025. That's the way that works. Now we'll come back to that in a second because we'll talk about the future. So the way that works is you take that $2.585 million, add it to the other dead money Ben Roethlisberger was already going to have, which was the 22.25, and you get a prorated bonus of 24.835. That's your dead money hit for this year. Add on his base salary of the 1.075, and Ben Roethlisberger's cap number for this year, although he's getting paid $14 million, his you know, his cap number on top of everything is $25.91 million. You're like, wow, he's counting that much? Well, remember, 22.25 of that was going to count this year no matter what. So by doing this deal, Roethlisberger is now counting only just under 26 million. So you're talking less than $4 million, less than three and three quarter million dollars above what he was going to count anyway on the cap in order to keep him. Now, what happens if they say, well, what if you cut Roethlisberger right now? Yeah. Not only does that money come due, 
all the rest from the void years comes due and it would cost his cap, his, his dead money hit, um, this year would be, um, like $35 million. You're it's, I mean, it's, it just doesn't make sense. It's caught, co- it would cost over $9 million more to not have Ben Roethlisberger on the team at this point than it would be for him to be there. So that's just how it works. Now the void years, get back to that real quick. The way this breaks down is, I know the first instincts, people saying, wow, you mean to tell me that $2.58 million is going to be on our salary cap uh, through 2025 over those four years? No, it doesn't work that way because once, once that contract voids, once Ben Roethlisberger does not have a base salary with the Steelers anymore, all that leftover money all gets shot up into that first year. So the 2.58 million from 2022, 2023, 2024, 2025, all gets lumped together and would count against the cap next year if there's no Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers, um, which ultimately comes to 10.34 million, which, wow, still have a $10 million cap hit after he's gone? Yeah, but that's way better than 22 and a quarter. And I actually did an article about this, how it's comparable. It's less than what let's say Peyton Manning left with the Colts. It's more than what he left with the Broncos, but less than what he left with the Colts. It's more than what Tom Brady left with the Patriots last year. Um, it's going to be more than with the whole Drew Brees situation, which is just a completely different, confusing situation that I don't really have time to dive into right now. Uh, the only reason he's still under contract is because they're trying to cut his dead cap hit into two seasons. That's the only reason why Drew Brees is not retired and will not until after June 1st. So now what if Ben Roethlisberger comes back and signs another deal with the Steelers? Well, guess what? That 2.85 is still there for 2022. And every year beyond that, it's the, it's the year that he doesn't come back is when it all would bump up, but it would, he would need a new contract in order to come back. So that's how that numbers worked. That's how they saved over $15 million with Ben Roethlisberger. If you're one of those nerdy people that just wanted to know the numbers about it, that's the number. So bottom line is over $15 million saved for this year. So his cap hit went from 41.25 million down to 25.91 million. It does carry a dead money hit of 10.34 million next year. If this is Ben's last year, which is way better and $5 million just went away. He just took the cut. So you have to commend Ben for that. With that, we've gone way over on the first half. That's okay. Cause the second half isn't going to be nearly as long. We're going to take a quick break and when we come back. We're going to talk about uh, these free agents and, and something that, might have might affect some of them. Um, and the question was, what was no what did no preseason do last year? Is there still going to be a lingering effect even to free agency this year? So uh, stick around. We'll be right back after this quick break and we'll answer that question. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass.
And we are back, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, for the second half of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Dave Schofield, still coming with you. Whoo! Man, we had some crazy numbers there. Lots of digits flying at you. Hopefully that actually gave you a better understanding of what happened with Ben Roethlisberger and his salary, rather than uh, confuse you even more. Um, I, I did my best with what I could when you're talking millions of dollars and things like that. But uh, we're going we're gonna to ease off the numbers here in the second half because I got a question and I wanted to answer it, even though it's not a big stats question. It, it is just something that's interesting to think about. And this came from Boobash, who we've heard from before, um, who asked, how does last year's lack of a preseason positively and negatively affect free agency this year? All right. Well, you got to look at it. From multiple perspectives, you want to know how it affects the players in free agency. How does it affect, let's say, the Steelers as a franchise in free agency? How would it affect some of their players? Okay. The easy answer is for the high tier free agency, you know, free agency, free agents about to hit free agency probably had zero effect. None. Because teams aren't going to look at what happened in the preseason last year to affect or, you know, in order to evaluate your play that you had throughout 2020. That's that's one. Uh, who it's going to affect is the lower-end free agents. Because you let's say if, if, if it's a player that was in a backup role, didn't really get on the field because they were in a backup role, that um, was hoping maybe some teams would take a flyer on it, that they could earn a starting spot somewhere else. The problem was if you didn't have those preseason games, you didn't get tape. In other words, players want to get good tape out there. And if you're a player that's not a regular starter, where are you going to where are you going to get more of a volume of your tape? It could be in the preseason. I'm going to use an example for the Steelers. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Cam Sutton. Now I know Cam Sutton played a lot of snaps for the Steelers last year, but he didn't play the majority of his snaps in, in like the outside regular starting cornerback position. So he got most of his in sub package where he was acting as either an, uh, you know, nickel dime, those various things. So that's what it's a player like that, where the preseason would have very well, possibly. Oh, and just so you know, Cam Sutton did play over 50% of the Steelers' defensive snaps last year. So he's not the best example, but he's what I'm trying, but I'm trying to get there. In the preseason, there probably would have been a much better chance for Cam Sutton to get tape out there of how he is as an outside corner. It just would have given more of, of an opportunity to show what he could do as a starting corner on the outside rather than just being just a slot guy or, or, or a dime guy. So that's someone that you think of. I'm going to name another one you might think would be a little bit crazy. What about Zach Banner? Now, Banner was the starting right tackle for the Steelers, but he didn't even finish the first game because of injury. If he would have had not, so it, the problem is he's got a small sample size. If Banner would have also had quality play in the preseason last year to go along with what he did in his one game, he might've had more of a market. He just doesn't have a large sample size. He would have got a much bigger sample size. Teams would have seen why he won the starting job at right tackle, and it would have probably increased his value. Now, from the Steelers' perspective, 
by not having these players that weren't guys that played and played a lot and everything. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of another example, like maybe an Ola Denier, um, who is a restricted free agent for the Steelers, but I don't see them offering him a, a tender because it would just be way too expensive um, that he's going to probably shift into being an unrestricted free agent. So someone like that, if he would have played a, a lot in the preseason, then he would have had even more tape out there for teams to say, Oh, let's see if we can get this guy to compete to, you know, to play on the edge for us. So a player like that is bad for the player, but it might be good for the Steelers because their market might not be as high otherwise as it would have been had they had more tape out there, even just from the preseason. So there's that aspect of it. Also the, the no preseason who it's really going to help is, Guys that probably the Steelers signed on um, futures contracts that were on their practice squad and things like that, that you didn't get any tape on them. And there was no tape from the preseason. Those those guys, that's why it would be why that's why it was wise for many of them to stick with the Steelers, because they at least are familiar with them. And you could think, well, maybe someone else would get, you know, it might be a better shot somewhere else, but they don't know anything about you because you didn't have that tape in the preseason last year. Those are the players that it affects more than anything. So when you're talking about the the big guys, you know, the Juju Smith-Schusters, the Bud Dupree's, yeah, that isn't going to affect them as much. So that's how it is from losing your free agents. Now, if you want to look at the Steelers, at gaining free agents, take all those type of players that I just mentioned, like an Ola, Aden- Ola Adenier and someone like that, that, on the Steelers, and imagine that type of player on another squad. And now the Steelers, who might be like, oh, that's someone we might want to look into. They didn't have that opportunity in preseason. If you want an example, think of years ago. How did Alejandro Villanueva end up with the Pittsburgh Steelers? Because they saw him. Mike Tomlin tells the story that he saw a guy over there standing one head taller than everybody else. And it's like, who is this guy? And then he saw saw them in that preseason game um, playing defensive line. He's like, nah, man, this he's got all the attributes for offensive line. And the Steelers went, signed him to the practice squad, started working on to be an offensive lineman. What do you know? He's been their left tackle for, you know, a very long – I say a very long time. It's been Alejandro Villanueva or Kelvin Beecham as the Steelers' starting tackle um, for an extremely long period of time. I mean, I even looked at it. I think it was the Christmas Day game against the Texans was the last time somebody else played left tackle for the Steelers. Kind of crazy um, because I I don't believe it happened in the season. But that was a situation like that. Without the preseason, someone like that that the Steelers could pick up from somewhere else. I mean, think about some of these players that that the Steelers got from other teams that that they might have seen them in the preseason. I'm thinking like a Robert Spillane. I'm thinking like a Matt Filer. I'm thinking of of players like that that the Steelers found potential in somewhere else where really the only option these players had to play was in the preseason, and the Steelers found, found them and groomed them into something. You didn't get that in 2020. So that does make that aspect of it much harder, but it also allowed you to, quote unquote, keep your own, if you know what I mean. So it plays into it as a factor, but it has both a positive and a negative factor, both from the franchise. When it comes to the players, 
it's probably um, those kind of players. It was probably more of a negative because your options weren't out there um, to go other places. You were going to have to probably stick with who knew you because you weren't able to get your tape out there to others. So that was to answer that question about the lack of a preseason from last season. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what the NFL does with the preseason this year. Uh, if they go to 17 games, they got to go back to only three preseason games at the most uh, and see exactly what they're going to do. But um, I want to remind you, please, if you have a question, particularly a stats question, but as you can see, it didn't have to be a good stats question right there. That was just a good question that I wanted to answer. Um, you can get them to me at STLR Superfan Dad on Twitter or STLR Superfan Dad at gmail.com via email. I'm always looking for these questions. It's what really helps drive this show. And make sure you are checking out our YouTube shows that end up on audio. Make sure you're constantly staying caught up with Let's Ride um, with Jeff Hartman. And if you haven't got a chance to and you have iOS, download that locker room app where you can go in and ask questions for his show. He does. He records that on Tuesday around 7.30 p.m. Eastern for his Wednesday show. It's pretty neat. But uh, also make sure you're checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It really is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. We've got all kinds of things going on there. We've got the breaking news. We've got the upcoming draft and profiles and team needs and you know player signing, all these different things. It's available right there. And most of all, thanks for checking out the podcasts. We appreciate all of our listeners. And as I always say, thanks for geeking out with me. We'll see you next time. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... 
To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.